Welcome, everybody, Yankee Chronicles Podcast. I'm Bobby. I'm here with Evan, Rob, and Donald. Before we get started, we just want to ask you to check out StatementGames.com. You can find a unique experience to all your fantasy sports. And check out DocAdamsBaseball.org, where you can learn all about the history of baseball. And also, check out YankeeChronicles.com, because you can read, read all our articles uh, that we write. We have a phenomenal series called Scorecard from Daniel McGrath goes along the history of the game uh, from the Yankees' perspective. And our newest writer, Chris Northrup, has been doing a, a phenomenal job putting out episodes, highlighting some of the players that are on the rise in 2021. So we had the bombshell dropped on us. Uh, maybe not bombshell. We had the news dropped on us yesterday that, um, unfortunately, Rob's comeback player for, for 2021 has been uh, declared now an enemy. Uh, as Adovino was moved to Boston for a play to be named later or cash. Uh, Rob, how you feeling? I'll, I'll reserve judgment until uh, we see what the, um, the follow-up is to this because there has to be something else. But initial reaction is I'm not happy at all if it's just a, a salary dump. Plus, we gave up a pretty solid prospect as well. So... If the uh, the outcome is let's say Gardner and another relief pitcher for cheaper than nine million, then okay, it makes a little sense. You get a two for one package. But if it's just to save money for till the deadline and for call ups, then you weaken your bullpen just to save nine million dollars. So initial reaction is I'm mad, but uh, I'll reserve judgment until uh, Cashman makes a follow up move. Yeah. Uh, the- does this mean we, we know that they had to move a player? We knew we, we saw that it was coming. We yeah. knew it was going to be somebody that hurt. Yeah. You know, it, it, it was going to annoy people. Uh, what does this mean now for the uh, structure of the Yankees bullpen? Like Rob said, it weakens it. So we're hoping that we add another piece or two, you know, if, if you saved this money and now have the ability to get Brett Gardner, another relief pitcher and make say another small trade for another relief pitcher, then maybe it balances out the loss of, of Adovino. But right now it, it hurts. Um, and it's frustrating because it's only $9 million. It's not like we gave up someone who's costing us 30 million over the next five or six years. It's, it's $9 million. Yeah. Um, and if that all that money goes directly to Brett, then we have a serious issue on our hands because that's not allocated the right way. Like, you know, you, you get that money for someone at, at Kluber's level, not Brett's level. If we saw who who is the guy who, who just signed recently for about a million dollars outfielder, I think. I, I can't remember who it is, but Brett Gardner should be getting a deal like that. Million dollars, two million dollars. Talk about Zimmerman from the Nationals. Zimmerman, thank you. Third baseman, Zimmerman, first baseman. Yeah, that's all he got. Yeah, yeah, that's all he got. Uh, Nationals thought robbed him. So, uh, Donald, do you have any? Or if they do bring in a reliever with, with with this new new allocated money, is there anybody on your radar that you would like to see come over to to fill that bullpen role? Yeah, the first name on most Yankee fans' lips right now is Rosenthal. Um, 
There's also a couple other names, but if you keep an eye on uh, the Pirates side, uh, Keon Callow is a free agent. He's uh, he's put up some nice numbers over the last couple of years, so keep uh, keep an eye out on Keon Callow, maybe McGee. Um, he's uh, you know he pitched pretty well last year. Think of and possibly Jake Wilson, maybe. Um, so there's a couple of there's a couple of good bullpen arms right there that we could keep an eye on. Um, as Rob uh, says here, and, and Evan, I think we have to reserve judgment. Um, we can't really judge the trade until we see um, everything that comes into place afterwards. We um, have to trust that Cashman has a plan. Um, we did mention previous podcasts that that Otto's um, nine million is. A little high considering there's some bullpen arms that you could probably get for cheaper, but it doesn't make me any happier that he's gone. Uh, I think we also should discuss that it um, that is clear that Hal has put a very strict budget on on Cashman here that he's not allowed to reach the minimum tax threshold. Um, there's you know there's a few levels to this tax threshold but we can't even reach the first one so that's uh, so that's uh, that's something that we need to discuss as Yankee fans should we really be in the place that we are where we're having to make these uh, trades where we're not getting anything back for someone who has value uh, just to just to get rid of nine million dollars off our salary that's a, that's, an, a, that's I think that's something we should be discussing yeah. yeah. Sorry to cut you off, Robert. Uh, we also we said for weeks that an Otavito type trade would have to include a prospect because it is a salary dump, and we said it was going to be like the Headley move. Well, it hurts more than the Headley move because Headley didn't have a position here anymore anyway, and he was useless to keep on the team. Otavito had a role here, and we needed him to be in that role, so it, it stings. And he's going to a rival that we hate. Hmm. Well, that's just, you know. Going, I think sending him to Boston was an insult. You know, they're a team that's clearly in the, you know, on not in a position to compete at a high level. Not to say that they won't be a competitive team, but they're not looked at it. They're not even looked at as a, a postseason contender. You know, as of now, you know things can change very quickly. Um. They are building a very good farm system, though. If yeah. you look at their farm, they have at least two or three guys in the top 100. And if you remember three or four years ago, they had zero. Yeah, they're rebuilding quick. Yeah. I think them and the Orioles is quietly restructuring their organization. And they're going to, when everything starts to click, the ALEs is just going to dominate again like they used to. And I like that, you know. I think it's going to keep, you know, Hal and Cashman. It's going to force them to, to stay competitive and not take their foot off the gas because the last thing you want to do is be so close and then have another team out of nowhere rebuilt. We're seeing it now with Toronto. You know, Toronto just completely gutted themselves out. And now they're a, a, a very strong force in the, in the AL East. My concern, uh, what worries me is that they're just going to give most, I would say, they give 90% of this $9 million to uh, Brett Gardner. It's a complete mistake from Cashman. 
He says there's too many other areas that need tending to. Yeah, I, I agree with that, you know. Um, but one thing about the come out of Boston side from this is they could easily just flip out of Eno at the deadline. If he's put if he's pitching well, this yeah. benefits them in so many ways. They said, okay, it's kind of like an NBA thing where you see a team take on a, a bigger contract and then they end up flipping that guy or they just buy him out to get a pick or a prospect. Well, in baseball terms now, they get a prospect in this trade and they can still move out of Eno for a couple of other guys at the deadline if he's pitching well. So it was a really smart move for them. Um, and as for the Yankees right now, it doesn't seem very smart unless they, uh, they do have a plan. But if Brian Cashman's told us anything is that he's always got something out of, up his sleeve. So um, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, um, I really, I do think there is another big move on the way. Um, not a big splash, but a big move. And uh, Evan, you had a, a trade proposal with the Cubs. Yeah, the, the same nonsense. It was uh, Hendricks, Ian Happ, and um, uh, I forget his name now. Something Ryan. Kyle Ryan. Kyle Ryan. Kyle Ryan, Kyle Ryan uh, for Clint, Monty, uh, Medina, someone else in Velope, I think. Yeah. So Is that some, you know, are those arms that can heavily contribute? Are those names that can contribute right away? I mean, Hendricks certainly is, and that's why I'd move Monty, because I think Monty's just the fifth starter, and I'm getting a little sick of having him. Uh, so you would move him. He gets replaced. You obviously bring in Ian Happ, so that would replace Clint Frazier uh, in left field and or center that would give you a little room to, you know, deal with Hicks if he's not playing cause he's injured. And I still, still think they would sign Brett Gardner. So if Hicks is injured, you move Ian Happ to center and then you move uh, Brett to left. Um, you know, someone like Ryan, he's, he's a big lefty, but he's not a power pitcher. He probably tops out at around 94 miles per hour. He has a good uh, cutter and a uh, curveball, I think. Uh, but he's a control artist, which we don't really have. Everyone in our farm system and pretty much everyone on the team pitches 100 miles an hour and they can't hit the strike zone. So I like to have, you know, this finesse pitcher that can come in um, when we need him to, especially against a team like Tampa Bay. Now, the other thing going on today is the Hall of Fame uh, announcements. Can I just jump in very quickly? Hey, go ahead. I think, I think Joe Peterson would be a really good shout to come in. If we use that money for Joe Peterson and a couple of bullpen arms, I think that would be the way to go. Yeah, Instead I could, of Brett Gardner. You know, I, I really, I don't want to, I'm off of the, the, the train of getting rid of, of uh, Frazier at this point. Uh, it'd have to be somebody, he would be a trade that would be a splash. Yeah, and I don't see that happening at this point. Uh, only because, you know, he's gone from having, you know, he went from Red Thunder, then it was Red Blunder, but now he's back to being Red Thunder. You know, he really had a, you know, red nah, I'm not talking to you right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> boom, that's the SmackDown right there. <laughs> so, you know, we, we've given him accolades that he's really, you know, bounced back and had, a, you know, 
uh, he really improved his his game. So and that bat speed that Evan loves to talk about, you know, hmm. I would really I, I'd like to hold him close to the vest unless it's something where we can't miss out on this player. Amen to so, that. I want Hendricks. You know how nasty our, our rotation would be. And then oh, we have that would be a very good move. Yeah. We'd, be, we'd be filthy. And Mike Messina is one of my favorite pitchers, and you hear comparisons to Mike Messina with Hendricks. So I just I want him. Yeah. I just I I, I think we, you know, Frazier would be able to bring us a little more than that. Um but I guess I love Fraser. I, I want him to I get. I do see where Evans coming from because his his stock price is high. So when you you know if you do include a player like him, you know organizations are going to pay attention to what else you have. You know they're going to listen to. Uh, they're going to be open to negotiation. Uh, it, it's it's a you know it's a fifty fifty you know when it comes to that kind of thing. It could bite you in the ass. It could really help your team. Just depends on what team that player is going to. Clint has to stay. You know they can't trade him in the division. You know that 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 would just be a colossal mistake. There's nothing in the division yeah. worth trading him for anyway. So you know, it's, unless you're trading him to Toronto for one of their big players, and that's not going to happen. It would have to be Pearson, in my opinion. He's the only one, and he's he's going to be elite coming into next year. So, you know, there's no one on Toronto, Tampa Bay, Boston, or Baltimore that I would want to give Clint up for. Um, um, we do have the Hall of Fame going on today. Do we have any uh, – do we have a prediction of who we think is going to be announced today? Kurt Schilling. Um, yeah? Oh, no. Ooh. He is a Hall of Famer, but it's annoying that that we would have to see his uh, speech at the Hall of Fame. I do not want to hear that idiot talk. Oh, You'd be like, no, you, he you're is a Hall of Famer, but you're not allowed to speak. You just you can't. He's even also a Hall, Hall of Fame idiot. He really is. He's such a jackass. Yeah, the problem with him is because of his personal views. Should those? Should that? overshadow the player's ability because you're getting into the whole fame on based on your baseball career not you know it, it, i know they have the character clause and all that so it, it does matter but should that overshadow his performance numbers no i don't think so i think you look at what he did in his career. It doesn't matter that he's an asshole. There's plenty of people in the Hall of Fame that are assholes, and not every single one of them represents the Hall of Fame when they go out. You know, the Hall of Fame gets to choose who's going to go to public uh, seminars and meetings and stuff like that. You know, Ty Cobb murdered someone as far as I'm concerned. He doesn't represent the entire Hall, but he was a good enough player to get in and should be in there, just like Barry Bonds. He was an asshole to me as a child, rejecting to sign – a Barry Bonds jacket that I had at a Yankees game. And <laughs> he's the greatest baseball player to ever live. So by that merit, he deserves to be in there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I want Barry Bonds in there. 
Bob, do you think this? Do you think that it's just a matter of, of of when now that the steroid guys get in? As where about five years ago, it was they don't have a chance. I would like to think so. Um, you know, there's no doubt that those guys were probably part of the greatest period in baseball, at least that I've been through. Mm-hmm. Um, Bond specifically, you know, he's been in the news a little bit more lately because um, what just have obviously what just you know, happened with Hank Aaron passing away. So people have been bringing up bonds more like who's the real home run King, but whether he took him or not, what he did, you can't deny it was remarkable. Mm-hmm. You know, even if he had a little bit of added juice, you know, so to speak to hit that many home runs is still a very special thing. He's a hell of a player. Even before that, you know, he was really good with the pirates. You know, people can't forget that. Um, he should be in, um, I couldn't care less if McGuire got in, in all honesty, even though that was a fun year. If you don't, if you don't vote Sosa, you shouldn't vote McGuire as far as I'm yeah, concerned. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I just think so, that baseball writers are holier than thou. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, uh, they, they treat it like these steroid uh, guys, like murder people. You know what I mean? They're not axe murderers. I mean, uh, I mean, Listen, Chuck Knobloch took steroids, right? And he was still, <laughs> it still didn't make him like Barry Bonds. He didn't start driving 50 home runs. So you can't equate, you know, it's really hard to equate what these steroid players actually added to their numbers. It made them healthier and added longevity to their careers and maybe added a little bit more juice, but you can't really equate that. You know what I mean? So for instance, I think Roger Clemens deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. His numbers are cra- crazy. And uh, it probably happened long before he was taking steroids. He was phenomenal for a long, long time. So I think he should be in there. I think uh, Barry Bonds should be there. I know uh, a lot of guys don't like him, uh, but I think A-Rod deserves to be there. He's one of the greatest players to ever play. So um, his all-around game is unbelievable. So I don't, uh, you know, I mean, it doesn't, steroids didn't make him a phenomenal fielder, which he was. So... I, I think there's a lot of guys. I think Andy Pettit deserves to be there. Um, I've got a whole list of guys that that they need to take away this holier than thou attitude. Um, steroids era is one thing, but it, it, that '90s, the late '90s, was for me one of the best eras for baseball. There was can't miss stuff. There were some phenomenal icons, and um, and so yeah, I I really wish that they would take the some of the voting away from some writers because they have prejudice against certain teams. You know, uh, for instance, there's a lot of guys that hate the Yankees and don't watch them. So they never like, so they don't vote for like, for instance, one guy didn't even vote for Derek Jeter. So, yeah, you know, so I think that's another thing we should be talking about it. So I would rather go to the fans or ex players rather than uh, some, some writers who have uh, prejudice against certain players. players' achievements. For instance, that writer who didn't give Derek Jeter a vote. Yeah, I think they need to change the system a little bit and have like a mix of reporters, someone who works for the Hall of Fame, maybe someone who works for Major League Baseball, someone who works for the player uh, union, and maybe a fan who works in social media who has credentials who they deem good enough, but you need to have at least one or two from each city that has a team and they, you know, can give that insight into that team. 
Because like you said, there are a bunch of people who don't know about what the Twins do or what the Yankees do because they don't like them, stuff like that. And that's not okay. That's not okay in the Hall of Fame because you're basing it on what they did on the field, not what team they played for, not what they did off the field. That shouldn't really matter. And also the favorite thing that I like about A-Rod is the fact that he never hit 700 home runs. Go suck it, (laughs) A-Rod. I think another problem with the writers is – these players that are coming up, the writers are, are are getting younger. They didn't see a lot of these these players play. So they didn't watch them with their eyes. They're only looking at stat books. You know, you can go back and you can watch film, but if you didn't see the crowd reactions and just the way that they were, you know, watching them live or throughout, you know, watching them throughout their career, you don't get the full view of how valuable they were to their team and the game of baseball as a whole. And I think that's another problem with the writers. They're too disconnected. Yeah. We all saw you know they want to criticize and, and, and shit on you know Barnes and, and Clemens and Sosa and McGuire. But did are they looking at the fact that Look at how much money came into the game when they were playing. When they were on those runs, how many how many fans were in the seats? How many you know? Baseball, you know, after that strike, had a major black eye. And the McGuire Sosa home run season brought pretty much brought baseball back and made it a talking point. I think that has to be considered. That's my opinion. I don't know if you guys agree with me or not. I think it's just like what Donald said. The writers seem to be um, full of themselves. and They want to make it all about them instead of making it about the player. And I hate that. I really do. There's a lot of good guys on this list that should make it and probably won't because of how writers feel about them. So, And I don't like, you know, Kurt Schilling personally. But he's, he's a Hall of Fame pitcher. You can't deny what he did on the field. If we're talking about what he did on the field, then you're a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Same with uh, with Clemens. Same with Bonds. You know, these guys should be in. And Pete Rose should Pete be Rose reinstated. Should be reinstated. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I mean, why don't they, they need to leave the stats out there and leave it up to the fans to decide how they want to interpret how, who, these players, you know? What, you, you said maybe like the All-Star? Away player? from them. Kind you of know? platform? What's he, what are you saying? Like, like how they do the All-Star game. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of saying that, um, you know, these these writers basically exclude um, some of the greatest players to, to ever play based on uh, allegations of steroids, which is fine. But I'm, I'm just suggesting I think they should leave it up, up there for, for observers, fans, um, ex-players, union members, to decide how they want to interpret those people's performance levels and whether it uh, um, whether it merits the Hall of Fame, which I think a lot of players do. Who is the reporter on Twitter just now who who said he's voting for Latroy Hawkins? Nightingale. Nightingale. That's he actually just dropped the bombshell. It is ridiculous. If is you do that, you should not have a vote. That's a wasted, ridiculous vote. No one on this planet believes that he's a Hall of Famer. So seriously, that's a waste of time. 
if he's a Hall of Famer, then I want to put my ballot forward. I want to be a Hall of Famer. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, hey, what? Because you, maybe you brought him a cup of coffee one time, so he feels he owes him one. Yeah, just it's embarrassing. Yeah, are, are you, you know, it's just a joke. It really is. Speaking of Nightingale, though, he just did tweet out something that the Mets offered Bauer the highest annual uh, salary per year. For any for any player, he's gonna so, be a Met. They're, yeah, I think, yeah, they're more than you know. He's wrong a lot of the time, but this this that's pretty big news if it yeah, is. Mets true. Are I mean, it's Nightingale, so I'm not too. Does he? So he's actually, yeah. he actually folded for what a waste of a vote. Right? <laughs> I mean, doesn't that piss you off? It's just it's, imagine abusing your privilege of being able to. Yeah. You know, put a vote in for a Hall of Fame. That's a privilege. It's not a right. It's a privilege given to certain people. And he's abused that privilege by wasting it on an average pitcher who the Yankees used to destroy for fun. Yeah, and he was a dick when he <laughs> came up. But, like, yeah, he was. one thing that bothers me is we all watch these players, but if I had a Hall of Fame vote, I would be doing research on them. I'd be looking into what they actually did to prepare for the game. Like, this is a big deal. The Hall of Fame is not a joke. So just, oh, I'm going to vote LaTroy Hawkins. Like, did you even fucking sit down and think about it and do any work whatsoever in coming up with this process? No, you didn't. You already had your mind made up. Like, they had their mind made up for the last 20 years, and they're like, okay, this. Year. they already know what they're going to vote for, and it's ridiculous. I would put the work in for it. Yeah, and it wouldn't it wouldn't upset me the least at all if there was a year where they didn't vote anybody in. Yeah. You know, if, if if there's nobody that jumps out going, he has to get in on the you know, then don't vote. Yeah. I'd rather no votes than joke votes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's going to be interesting to see how the day unfolds with as they, the announcements are made. And um, we'll definitely be uh, starting off tomorrow's show with that. So on behalf of everybody, YankeeChronicles.com, we hope you have a good day. And we will talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Thanks.